0: We're also on the Marketing Podcast Network at marketingpodcast.net. And of course, you can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. You heard her, go subscribe. Welcome to Collective Cafe To Go. This is the podcast version of the Collective Cafe. Now the Collective Cafe happens every single weekday, Monday through Friday, from eight to 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time in Alpha Collective's Discord server discord.gg forward slash alpha collective. It is free. It always will be free. There are no strings. There is no bait and switch. If you like to listen live and even participate, come onto stage, comment in our back chat. You can do that. Whether you're on the treadmill, getting the kids ready for school, getting yourself ready for work, commuting into the big bad city, or maybe just even commuting from your bedroom, into your home office. On Monday, we manifest. On Tuesday, we talk thought leadership. On Wednesday, we have guests take the stage, almost like an open mic. On Thursday, we do live book reads and discussions. And then on Friday, it's No Agenda Friday, where there is no agenda. Start your day off on the right foot, on the front foot, with virtual coffee, with the Collective Cafe, where we mastermind. We manifest, we collaborate, we help one another at the business of Web3 or anything else that intersects, whether it's culture, collaboration, creativity, innovation, disruption. So give us a subscribe if you're listening on the podcast or come and attend one day. Remember, it is a safe, welcoming space and you will never, ever be put on the spot. This is the Collective Café to go. Well, good morning, everyone. It is Monday, June 12th, 8.01 a.m. Uh, we can do a status meeting today. I see you, uh, Jonathan and Rini. Um, there's a lot of things we need to accomplish this week, and hopefully there are a lot of things you need to accomplish this week, individually, personally, professionally, etc. Um, a lot of updates in terms of um, uh, I can talk a little bit about the POEPS. Um, I've uh, gone backwards and forwards and backwards and forwards with Poep.xyz, but the bottom line is um, they have a system whereby uh, essentially you buy 100 POEPS for $25. Um, so I guess that's uh, for those that are good at math that's about 25 cents uh, per POAP and um, and so what I'm going to be doing they still are not quite where they need to be yet um, but how it's going to basically work is is every time you buy let's say 100 POAPs right so let's just say I buy 100 so I have credit for 100 I then go ahead and I mint or at least I request 20. Now what I don't like about the system but you know I'm working with them is that if five people out of the 20 actually redeem and mint the POAP, they still want to charge me for 20, which I kind of think is a little bit, it's not great. From a marketing standpoint, it's not great because think about it. Like If I was to request, let's say, 10 POAPs and 100 people show up, um, that means 90 people are going to be disappointed. Whereas if uh, the reverse happens... (laughs) which is I'm, I request 100, but only 10 people show up. Well, now 90 of those are gone or burnt. And and the reality is I haven't actually minted them yet, so there should be no cost um, on the system. Uh, good morning to Rini, to Jonathan, to Tim, to Bez, to Praxum. So my fix for now with them is that every time we do one of our Alpha Beta talks, I can see who... Um, Registered, I can see who attended live. Uh, hello, Shadows Pub. And I can also see uh, who watched On Demand. And so what I think I'm going to do, well, in fact, what I am doing, um, so I think Praxum, you would have received yours, and Bez, you would have received yours. Uh, Rini and Jonathan, I think you received yours. In fact, I think everyone here who was at the second one, I just emailed every one of you with an with a unique code. Um, and so that way we can get the Poaps out. In fact, Bez, I saw you tweeted about it as well, which is awesome. Um, So that's kind of the cobbled together fix um, for POEPS at the moment. In terms of our collective cafe, um, there are a few uh, interesting fixes. One of them might be that once a week I give give away a poep, and it's kind of a surprise. So you don't know whether it's going to be Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, or Friday. You don't know what time it's going to be. You know, this really comes down to the company not wanting it to be they have like a very um, allergic reaction to people that just show up for the po up. It's a nice little show up for the POP. up, um, and so they just don't want that. You know, they don't want the gaming. I, I disagree respectfully with them, um, good morning Brucey. Um, but um, I uh, I like the idea. I think you. I think if you come for the po up and stay for the content, or come for the content and stay for the po up, I think it's still a win win. The more people that are using them, the more people that are sharing them, the more people that are excited about them, the better for the industry. Um, So um, good morning, Christopher. Um, Amazing. We have almost uh, already 10 people, and it's only 8.05. So that's the POEP solution. And as I said, you know, once a week here in in the collective cafe, you don't know if it will be a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, or th- Thursday. You absolutely know if it's going to be a Friday, if nothing has happened Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, or Thursday. But other than that, other than that, um, of course, there could be a week where where there's nothing. There could be a week there's two. Um, so there still is a little bit of a gaming mechanism, and it's kind of the best of a. It it's it's kind of like it's not the ideal situation, but I think you know we make we make the best out of the situations we have. Um, other than that, uh, what else can I tell you? Uh, Tim, we're organizing uh, Damon to come in, uh, be on the show, which is pretty exciting. I'm happy about that. We've got Drew Austin, who's just doing some amazing stuff within Web3. He is our Alpha Talk, Alpha Beta Talk speaker um, on Wednesday. Um, I'll also be releasing the mock blinder um, uh, episode of the show this week. So, there's there's a lot of stuff going on and uh, and it's good right it's manifesting Monday so we get to kind of look ahead and and think about our weeks and think about what we want to accomplish. Um, I am uh, it's it's a uh, it's it's kind of a interesting week for me because now you know that I've taken up this. Uh, executive leadership coaching opportunity with eos with the entrepreneurial operating system at some point this week i'll announce it i'll share it on linkedin Um, and it's it's my first week kind of working on this project you know that my point of view now is that life life is a project by the way your entire life is a project Um, and, uh, I mean, if you think about it, there's a start date and an end date, um, and you get to, uh, set goals and achieve goals. And, and so I really love the idea. I mean, it is one part what we see in, and I've mentioned this in English football where uh, a head coach will come in and say, um, you know, I was attracted to this project. They don't see working for the, for the club as a lifetime endeavor, the reality is is that is that whether they are successful or unsuccessful, their tenure will be short. Think about that for a second. Your tenure is is actually equally limited to you sucking or you soaring, and um, and that's how it works. And anywhere in the middle, uh, or or that kind of mediocre middle, is actually more an indication of longevity um, until such time that maybe you know the you lose the boardroom or it gets a bit stale, whatever the case may be. But they refer to it not as a job, but as a project. So for me, I look at my projects. Alpha Collective is a project. Uh, Joseph Jaffe is not famous as a project. EOS is a project. Um, Even clients hiring me within EOS is a project within a project. It's a good way to think about it because it keeps you on your toes and it creates like a finite frame or container uh, to harness your energy, um, and to focus on your deliverables, your outputs uh your outcomes as well so it 's the first week that I have to basically put into what they call the four two one right four uh four warm lead calls lead to two ninety minute meetings which are free without any um without any um uh, bait or switch or any hook or any catch, and then hopefully leading to one client and so my And now I've backed that up a little bit to actually call it almost like eight four two one, which is eight conversations. I think technically this is a technically I've hit that goal already today because there are eight people here. So those are eight conversations that lead to four four warm lead calls that lead to two ninety-minute meetings that lead to one converted client. So that is part of my week in terms of being able to employ or deploy. Um, obviously, I have goals specifically with respect to Alpha Collective. I have goals with respect to the show. Um, I'm uh, you see Jonathan uh, in the audience. Jonathan is working with me. He's interning with me over the summer, um, so I'm excited about that. Rini is working with me as my uh, as also my intern, uh, and uh, she's the intern in residence, intern at large um, on Alpha Collective. Um, so it's great to have a little bit more support and a little bit more help um which i've kind of desperately needed i'm also going to start uh time blocking this week um attempting to time block because um it 's just too difficult otherwise it 's too haphazard it's too loose you know part of this e o s process is this idea of of injecting discipline and accountability into your day to day into everything from vision setting to executing around that vision. This is not necessarily part of EOS, but it's something that I just need to do now. I need to actually say, well, you know, eight to nine is Alpha Collective, nine to 10 is something else. I'm, I'm actually putting personal in that time blocking as well because I want to make sure that at a certain time uh, every day, I'm either on the Peloton bike or I'm running or I'm taking the dogs for a walk. It's important to actually you know, to do that. Um, I was listening to, um, I think it's still near a yell on procrastination and ADHD. I, I still haven't finished the episode. But one thing that, that he said really struck me and it stuck with me, which is you need to schedule time to worry. Think about that. You need to schedule time to worry. Instead of worrying all the time, whether you're on medication, not on medication, or just anxious or you know you you can't worry yourself to death you can't worry yourself to inactivity so schedule the time to worry um and it's actually kind of powerful it's like okay between three and three thirty today i'm gonna worry my off. i'm gonna sit down and and talk about all the things i'm doing wrong and all the things that are not going right and all the things that that are that that are causing me concern and the most important thing then is to develop a plan uh a a course of action and a plan. Um, one of the things that, that has come out, obviously, you know, I'm going to talk a lot about um, about EOS now and about coaching because actually um, I'll just tell you two thoughts about it. One is there are too many charlatan coaches out there. There's too much bait and switch. There's too much cash grabbing going on. What I've witnessed through this process is, is really the art and the science um, and the discipline of what it is to be a coach and understand what it is to be a coach. Let's put it this way. Uh, Rini will back me up on this one. Um, a great, like back in the, in the advertising days, the agency days, a great account person, account executive, or, or a suit running the business can make an account and a bad one can break the account. That's what I learned. I was a suit for a while, um, but really I ended up working where I had to like work with the suit, and I realized that the suit, the account person, was the gate they were the gatekeeper, and you know the bad ones would not let you in. They would want to control, they would want to uh, you know they would they would want to um, basically make sure everything came through them. Uh, actually, the good ones and the bad ones do the same thing, but for different reasons and for different motivations. Um, so, a bad account person, you didn't, you, you, you didn't have a chance to get in front of the client or to be able to uh, put alternative uh, courses of action in front. And a great account person was the exact opposite. A great account person would be open and open-minded and and grant access. Again, the key word here is is access. So I'm learning a lot about what it takes to be a great coach or, or just to coach in general. For example, one thing that I picked up is, you know, a consultant tells, a coach asks. A consultant tells you the answer, a coach believes that the answer is in the room. It's always in the room. And so, and so that facilitation is critical in terms of being able to, it 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 actually has a lot in common with therapy. Well, the what do you think we should do? I don't know. What do you think you should do? We're thinking of firing this person. Um, what do you think? Well, what do you think? You know, like why don't let's discuss the advantages and the disadvantages. Um, you know, and so it's 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 kind of exciting when you think about. That kind of level setting, um, in terms of being able to to plan, in terms of being able to effect change. Anyway, so I'm definitely going to be talking uh, a lot about that. Um, just as I learn, I want to share um, with all of you, um, and and maybe impart some of these nuggets because there are just so uh, many nuggets that are coming to the forefront. One of the things that I actually read, and and one of the key um, key components of even their biz dev process and their and their process in general is a book called Traction, 2 million copies sold. Many, many companies out there have read the book and now are looking to find an implementer, a coach. Um, and so that that's kind of part of their inbound lead funnel. Um, but one of the things I read and why I just cited all of this is um, Napoleon Hill in, uh, in Think and Grow Rich um, spoke about or wrote about uh, a study uh, that was done amongst. I don't know if I mentioned this already to all of you, but um, but it's like so awesome to see so many people in the room today. So apologies if I'm repeating it, but but they did a study amongst um, you know people that are uh, business owners, entrepreneurs, people that had failed or experienced failure, and they found out that one of the largest, one of the main reasons, one of the main reasons was due to indecision, was due to procrastination and indecision. And conversely, there's another study that actually looked at millionaires and billionaires and found out that one of their superpowers or one of their major strengths, you know, self-reported, was decisiveness. And so what comes out of this is, is the fact that the ability to make a decision, even if it's the wrong decision, is better than not making a decision at all. So actually being decisive about making a decision, even if it's the wrong one, is still better than actually taking too long or not making it at all. And I love this idea about decisiveness. I love this idea about having a a, a culture, a philosophy, a process, a discipline around the ability to make decisions and realizing that there's competitive advantage in being able to solve problems as they arise, as they arise, getting to the root cause of the problem and then being able to solve them for what's called the greater good. So just think about that for a moment, how powerful that is. As the problem arises, you attempt to solve it. You first understand if it's a symptom or get to the bottom of it so you understand the root cause. And then you solve it, with this rubric for the greater good of the brand, the company, um, whatever the case may be, so you take out all political motivations um, and all selfish motivations in favor of is this better for us in the long run? And just being able to apply that time and time again. I mean, how many businesses are doing that? How many of you are doing that? I, am I doing that? I'm, I don't know, probably not. I'm trying. Um, but this is, you know, these are just some of these insights that are coming uh, to the forefront. Um, so when I look at my calendar, and remember, it is Manifestation Monday, which means if anyone wants to come up towards the end of the day, uh, the end of the session, and uh, share your calendar or share your goals this week, what does success look like? Um, that is why we are here. Um, and and I get to, like, report back on you and and. And let you know uh, this time next week how my first time blocking uh, week looked like, and also what my first week, you know, with now that I'm uh, what's called a professional implementer. So now I'm a, and now that I am, uh, I have my certification, if you will, um, how that went, and and you know what success looks like. Um, the other thing that I thought I would talk about, and many things I'm sure to talk about, is. Um, you probably discussed uh, the hell out of it last week, um, and if you did, tell me, um, uh, but regardless, uh, maybe I can give you some thoughts on uh, the Vision Pro announcement. Actually, last night I was on the Beancast, as I often do about once a month, and that was one of the opening topics, which is discussing uh, Apple's announcement um, on um, you know on Vision Pro. And, um, you know, my thoughts were as follows. Uh, I said, first of all, let's, let's start with a giant caveat, um, which is that um, never bet against Apple. Just, just don't do it. Like, it's, it's, it's not a good idea to do. Um, because they've tended to be right time and time again, and they've tended to teach us a lesson time and time again. Now look, there are lots of caveats within caveats because um, Tim Cook is not Steve Jobs, um, and and but at the same time, um, if we just look at Apple's track record um, of making bold decisions, when they introduced the AirPods, um, Tim Cook said this is he, he called it courage. He called it he called it courage, and I thought that was very interesting that he would refer to it as 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 you know this was a brave move this was courageous to make this move to cut the cord can anyone here even imagine what life we used to walk around with with headphones with wires coming out and that's how we took phone calls and went on runs and and that was normal being tethered to our device and now That we are completely liberated. In in fact, we don't even have to have the device on our person um, if we're like, you know, pottering around the garden or whatever the case may be. Um, So these decisions have been proven to be correct time and time again. Um, I was wrong about the iPhone. Um, I was kind of, I wasn't wrong about the AirPods, but I just, I just, um, I didn't think it was that big a deal at the time. I didn't, like, I didn't understand why this was brave and courageous. I'm still not quite sure I understand that. Um, but, but I was dead wrong about the iPhone. And, you know, it's not just me. Um, there's a, f- a great clip. I don't know if I shared this with you. Um, see me being away for a week. I'm not even sure what, what, I, um, what I said, what I didn't say. I'm going to post this in the Discord um, in the general chat. Uh, not the general chat in the cafe chat. This is a—it's actually a classic clip. Um, Steve Ballmer kind of mocking uh, the the iPhone. Um, I'd love to be able to. I don't know if this will work. Let's let's see if this will work. Um, so tell me if you all can hear this. I'm going to play it. Steve, let me ask you about uh, the iPhone and the Zoom, if if I may. The Zoom uh, was getting some traction then. And- Steve Jobs goes to Macworld, and he, he pulls out this iPhone. What was your first reaction when you saw that? $500? <laughs> fully subsidized with a plan? I said, that is the most expensive phone in the world, and it doesn't appeal to business customers because it doesn't have a keyboard, which makes it not a very good... All right, I hear you saying no and nada, but please watch that video, um, and um, it's, it's great, right? You know, $500 uh, mocking the price um, how expensive it was, um, and it doesn't have a keyboard, um, and we know what happened next. Now, obviously, if you're Steve Ballmer, you kind of have to say that. You don't really have a choice, I mean, to, like, praise it. Um, but I love that because how many times in life have we been wrong or we've been proven wrong or have we bad-mouthed or poo-pooed or downplayed or minimized or, you know, it's easy to be skeptical. It's much harder um, to just, like, embr- Like we don't want to be fanboys or fangirls. We don't want to just, you know, lap it up uh, and wait, you know, stand in line around the block four days before just on 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 hope and faith and prayers. But at the same time, um, I'd rather be in that position and be that innovator, that earlier doctor. Take the risk, you know. Be the proverbial guinea pig. Um, be able to um, insert myself and and be a tester, you know. Uh, be a be a gloss hole uh, wearing Google Glass at the beginning, um, and then then the alternative, which is just to be the armchair quarterback, the armchair critic, to be on the sidelines, kind of. Uh, coming up with points of view without having actually tried it myself, i don't have a problem being a critic once i've actually tried it out and actually given it a real you know done my my due diligence, but I hate the ability to offer commentary when you 're an ignoramus um, doesn't mean I haven't done that many times, but I just don't like it um and so you know now you have this device and that I mean, I love this quote. Um, I mean, there's there there are a few things I saw, which is <laughs> I love this one. Apple's Vision Pro has a familiar fatal flaw. They're nerd goggles that will make most people look uncool. <laughs> nerd goggles that will make most people look uncool. So let's let's talk about that for a second. These nerd goggles that will make most people look uncool. Um, you know. Uh, uh, Praxim says, funny thing is Microsoft phones had a brief chance, uh, but BlackBerry and then Apple ate their lunch, especially in the 2000s when they figured out how to get email on them, but then lost the enterprise to BlackBerry. And, of course, where is BlackBerry today? Um, also, uh, Rini said, I'm using Motion, an AI time blocker. That's supposed to be super helpful. We'll see. Um, I'm having trouble understanding how to set it up, of course. Yeah, tell me uh, how that works because I'd like to eventually use software at the moment i'm just using a spreadsheet um just to try and stick to these these one hour and then there's also the pomodoro method um that actually you know would uh, i suppose work in work where 50 minutes of that block would be you know focused work and then 10 minutes would be um you know unfocused take a break go to the toilet make a cup of coffee walk around you know make a you know do something personal or chill Play a game on your phone, something like that. Um, so I'm I'm definitely um, I'm definitely game for that. Also in that same interview with uh, Niro Yell, he was talking about procrastination. He said, you know, when you're sitting down and and you're doing a task and you feel this urge to distract or be distracted or do something else, he basically says just just delay that for ten minutes. That's all. So just like you're like, oh, I want to like check my email or I want to play a game or I want to check my crypto or whatever. It's just like just it for 10 minutes. Just, yeah, I'll do it, but in 10 minutes. He said, because typically what happens is the urge or the, the need kind of passes. And before you know it, 10 has become 25 or 35. So I like that little hack uh, in terms of, you know, recognizing the urge uh, and then just kind of like powering through for just about, uh, 10 minutes, uh, uh, if you will. Um, so thank you for posting, uh, Praxim, about the Pomodoro technique. Um, exactly. I um, actually had someone on on my show who introduced me uh, to it. So, so let's go back to this idea of the cool versus uncool. Um, you know, initially I was like, yeah, I don't want to be that first person sitting on the plane wearing these Vision Pro- goggles, right? Um, And then I was like, you know, actually, I don't think that's true at all. Because I remember the first person, the first person, you know, with the iPhone or with the iPod. So the first person with the iPod, the first person with the iPhone, the first person with those white wires coming out of your ears, the first person with AirPods, you actually are kind of cool in your uncoolness. You still look like a moron with these like you know, giant white earrings kind of attached, protruding. You know, the old ones, they kind of like dripped all the way down to your jawline. Um, So you did kind of look like a bit of a nerd, um, but you were a cool nerd. Uh, Aren't we all somewhat nerdy inside, right? There's that Venn diagram, uh, praxum. let's see if you can find it, that says the difference between a nerd, uh, a geek, and a dweeb or something like that. Um, So there's the nerd the geek, and then there's a third one. um, That uh, Let's see how quickly uh, you can find that and post it. Um, There's no way you did that already. Um, uh, Ironically, the ski goggles look is better than the Google glasses look. Um, So so I actually think the opposite is going to happen. I think the first person that is actually wearing one in the plane will actually attract uh, attention as opposed to ridicule I think, I think there might, yeah, you got it. It's the difference between, so it's the, it's the nerd, the geek, and the dork. Um, let's take a moment and let's just uh, determine where we are. Um, so socially inept, I don't think I'm that. Uh, you might disagree. Um, I think I kind of live between clearly uh, intelligence, I hope, and obsession. Um, and so I guess that makes me a geek, uh, a proud geek as well. Um, I do not want to be a dweeb or a dork, and I definitely do not want to be a nerd. Um, But, uh, yeah, so I guess I'm a geek. Um, Self-report as you wish. So I do think that being on the plane will actually attract an an inkling of coolness. I also think, and this is the point when we say don't write off Apple, because there are a couple of points that I think are very key. One is we just got to accept, you know, Moore's Law and whatever, the... The, the fact is, they're $3,500 today, but they will not be $35 tomorrow, metaphorically. So I think we just got to, like, recognize that. I mean, the first anything that came out was ridiculously expensive. The first computer, the first mainframe, basically took up three floors of a building. I mean, things get smaller, things get more powerful, and things get cheaper. So if you can't afford a $3,500, you know, nerd goggle today, um, that's fine. You will at some point in time. The second point is that, you know, Apple has said, from what I've picked up in our discussion last night, that these are not for, you know, someone uh, earning, I don't know, if I, I'm, I'm just editorializing, earning $45,000 per annum. Um, this is a professional piece of hardware. It's a professional piece of equipment. You know, you're pairing it with your MacBook Pro, um, you are designing or creating or or working or coding now with this additional screen. And I think that's another important point, is they they're coming in um, with a professional focus initially. That's number two. Uh, number three is this is MR, this is mixed reality. So it's not necessarily AR um uh, Exclusive and it's not VR exclusive; it's mixed reality. So it's an opportunity to augment um, and and create this kind of layered approach, which I think is also interesting. And the final point I would make is just that it's completely—it's early days. Like we don't know um, what the use case use the use cases today will not be the use cases tomorrow. I was just even thinking, like this, this you know these nerd goggles, I keep calling them nerd goggles, um, because I just think it's kind of funny. Um, but these these nerd goggles, um, you're sitting with them on the plane, right? Right now, they've got a little wire coming out, but very soon they won't. Um, and it probably doubles up as a really nice um, face mask um, in terms of being able to go to sleep. In fact, they'll probably do some stuff with I don't know whether it's, you know, darkening it or lighten- lighting or, or sound um, that that people actually use to kind of uh, meditate or whatever the case may be. So, like, again, we just don't know what the use cases are going to be. We are only limited by our creativity and our imagination and our ability to imagine a future um, and, and, and make it and manifest that future. I mean, it's very... Appropriate that we're discussing this on, you know, on Manifestation Monday, and so, you know, I, I the last point actually that I was thinking is Zuckerberg is already kind of like trying to, you know, um, retort or rebut, and and you know seems to be focused on the fact that that uh, the Oculus uh, Nerd goggles from uh, from Facebook are like. He keeps on pushing the the social aspect of it, how it's going to connect and your avatar and the community aspect, whatever. Um, and and I don't think Apple's doing that at all. I think Apple's kind of focused on you in an individual state, enhancing whatever it is that you're doing. The irony, of course, is you know, poor Mark Zuckerberg couldn't be more wrong, in the sense. That the last thing you want to do is add a layer between you and someone else. This is exactly the argument, as I mentioned last night on the podcast, that people, you know, it's one of the reasons why Google Glass failed, is that you were putting an additional layer in front of you or between you and someone, a human being, um, and so that added more distance and it added uh, more, more, um, less emotion. Whereas, you know, Apple at the time, their response to Google Glass was not Vision Pro. It was the Apple Watch. Because your fingers are an extension of your hand. Your hand is an extension of your arm. Your arm is an extension of your body. And so when, and your watch, naturally, we've all accepted that a watch sits on a wrist. And so when you kind of, you know, look at the time or extend your arm, you're not necessarily putting your arm between to people, and so if you're looking at your arm and uh, and it's telling you uh, that you got a text message or giving you directions, map directions, it's a much more natural um, uh, approach as opposed to what Google did. So it's really important from a you know from a physiological or even an ethnographic standpoint to actually understand the use cases, to actually understand and put yourself in the humans' shoes. And understand, you know, what that looks like. What that what that environment uh, is going to look like. It it makes it. Um, you know, I had a conversation with with my boys on the weekend, and uh, trying to understand. Uh, uh, my son was trying to understand why UFC fights are uh, on pay per view, um, are like eighty five dollars. And he was like, "Well, I've just learned about elasticity and inelasticity and in economics in college." And um, surely if they lowered the price, more people would buy it. And I said, well, that's absolutely true. But you're forgetting an important point, which is the human point. And he's like, what do you mean? And I said, well, um, when a UFC fight takes place on a Friday night or Saturday night or whatever, like describe describe the people that are watching it. And he didn't quite understand. I like kept prompting him. And I said, are they watching alone in their room on their bed, like maybe you might be, you know, or, or, or are they watching together at someone's house in a social environment? And so, if that is the case, that people are making a night of it, the $85 price tag is actually a, a much fairer price tag. Now, of course, you know, five or six mates. Can come together and just split the cost. Of course, they can do that, um, and and maybe many do. Or someone just says, "Hey, listen, I'll spring for it this time. Uh, next time, you spring for it." And so that's really what's happening as well. When you understand the use case or the use scenario, um, so this, you know, this Vision Pro um, is it? You know, are are we going to be uh, going out to dinner? You know, my wife and I are sitting across the table from one another, both wearing our Vision Pro goggles, our nerd goggles. No, hell no. I hope not. Why would we? I, I just don't see that happening. Again, don't write off Apple um, because, you know, you do that at your peril. Um, so I'm not really sure. The the other thing that's um example I always use, which is the actual, um, you know, FaceTime, if you will, Um, The first um, uh, video phone, um, maybe I haven't said this to to you before, but um, take a guess, give me a date, put a date into the chat um, when the first video phone was introduced. What year the first video phone was introduced? So essentially what we call FaceTime today, Um, the ability to talk to someone and see them. So um, I want a year... Um, in, in the chat. I want to wait and see uh, two or three of you before uh, I continue um, and I respond. And uh, so it will be, you know, interesting to see what you come up with. So Praxim is typing and uh, you may know the answers to this. Let's see. shouldn't take you that long to uh, type just four numbers. I want a year um, when the first video phone was introduced um so he said i know the date so i'll let others guess so Bez, i need four numbers mid 90s let's go with 1995 uh 1995 let's have another one shadows pub says 1927 i'm definitely not inviting you to any of my parties um uh, because i'll be like like how much money do you think I earned last year? And, and shadows public go, seventeen billion dollars, and I go oh, it's just a hundred thousand, you know. And um, so Praxim says mid thirties, then nine sixties. Um, um, the first demonstration of a one way. I'm not talking about one way, damn it. I'm talking about two way. Um, it's so the answer is around 1955, um, and it was introduced the two way video foam. So. Let's say, Shadows Pub, you're right. Uh, Yeah, well, you know, definition is everything. Um, But it was introduced by AT&T, and it failed. It failed miserably. Why did it fail? Because of the human element. Because if I'm calling, imagine at the time, you know, imagine America in 1955. You're calling, you know, you're calling uh, someone who has, like, like, the... The housewife at the time, she's got her hair in rollers, she's got her face mask on, she's smoking a cigarette, she does not want to be seen. And there was no way to opt in or opt out. And when you actually create that awkwardness, which is why, why is your video off? Or you, I don't even think you had the ability to turn it off, it was just always on. You actually end up with an untenable type of scenario. And so you've got to like always put that human element and realize, okay, that's why it failed, not necessarily because it was too expensive. Obviously, enough people, adoption is key, right? The first fax machine in the world, when there was one fax machine, it was beyond, forget about the price, which no doubt would have been expensive, it was completely useless. But the minute you had a second fax machine, now that utility just doubled or quadrupled because you actually had two-way benefit as well. So at the end of the day, we have to consider privacy. We have to consider the fact that when we have um, things between two people that are giving one person unfair advantage, or we can't see, for example, these stupid uh, Ray-Ban glasses, Facebook glasses that I've seen, that you could actually be recording someone. You're like without them knowing it, and they go, no, there's a little red light that shows when it's recording. Like, what? You know, like, the whole damn thing should be red, as in danger. There should be a, you know, a siren going off as well, to know that you're actually being recorded without you knowing it, or without, if you're not paying attention, you might not know it. So, there's definitely going to be uh, tremendous... Uh, concern and and natural pushback, I would call it, when it comes to this idea of of uh, providing additional information um, unfairly or fairly. Right now, now, look listen. If I um, l- let's talk about two scenarios now that that one would be viable and one might not be viable. I love how these goggles may play a huge, huge role. In terms of helping people that are disabled, whether they are sight impaired, whether they're hearing impaired, um, the, these glasses could be life changing um, for people, especially with respect to information, directions. Uh, you know that spatial spatial assistance, no doubt. There's no question. But the other one is, and 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 this is kind of an interesting one. Can you imagine being at a party? Um. And Let's just assume for a second we. Let's assume for a second that either none of us are wearing the glasses because they're like contact lenses or something, or we're all wearing the glasses. Now, you know, I walk up to uh, to Praxim, and immediately with facial recognition, I can see his LinkedIn profile. Maybe nothing more than that, but just the ability to have his LinkedIn profile in front of me. First of all, I know his name. You know, so I don't have to go up to him and go, "Praxim, what kind?" Is that old English? I know his real name, um, but in this case, just imagine he's just a person, right, at a, at a, at a mixer um, with mixed reality glasses. Right, you got to imagine that these these Vision Pro goggles soon become your glasses. They are your glasses. The glasses you're wearing right now have this layer in front of them, and immediately I know his name is Paul. Right. Sorry if I just, you know, uh, I mean, uh, I mean, uh, uh, Jeremy. Um, so I don't have to get his name wrong, um, even though I've met him 20 times. So that that takes away a lot of social anxiety. Um, and then, you know, if I haven't met him before, they're like little things like like we went to school. I mean, we put that up in our public profile um, and just the ability to just say, oh, wait a second. We both went to the same school. Or we have something in common. It even helps from a conversation starter standpoint, where we can actually like not just have to guess who's in the room. Even just being able to kind of think about people that are marketing people or ops people, like there's a there's a definite advantage from a networking standpoint. Um, but certain things have to be true, and one of them has to be this idea of permission-based and privacy like we have to we cannot mess that up it has to be correct um and you know i mean if we're all wearing nerd goggles then are we all nerds or none of us nerds i guess that's my question right or if 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 everyone calls them nerd goggles and we're all wearing them then do we either all just accept that we're all nerds and, and be comfortable with it, or just kind of the nerd part falls away? And so does, remember how, um you know, like in, in, I guess in algebra, you know, you kind of like two X's, the two X's fall away. Um, So when we've got something on both sides, then we can cancel them out. So if we're all wearing nerd goggles, then none of us are nerds, and we're not really wearing goggles anymore, right? It's like a name tag or... Having a phone in your hand, um, and I just—we're just—I'm just heading down this idea of this B2B networking type of environment um, that that actually has been working pretty well um, virtually. When you get on a Zoom, um, you know, people are jotting down their LinkedIn profiles, but you can be doing your 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 research on them uh, very very easily. You know, just look at their name and check at their LinkedIn profile, and and now you can already determine in a room or in a in a in an environment if someone, um, you know, if you want to follow up with them, um, as well. Um, uh, Bez says, uh, I remember when Kinkos used to have video conferencing services. I used to have candidates interview with the companies paying for it. My clients would do that all day long before paying for a flight. It saves them tons um, of money. Um. Yeah, so a lot of the things that we consider to be normal today were not then, were foreign then. A lot of things we do very comfortably today, we we thought were insane at the beginning or even like, you know, the example always given is your mother told you not to get into a car with a stranger and today they call it UberX. Um, so I, I think if there's like a frame for this whole conversation, to me – It's this idea of never say never. Never say never. By the way, like never say never, even with respect to Collective Cafe, we've got, it's Monday, we have 11 people in, we're on our way to 20, that goal stays the same, it doesn't go away. Um, It's amazing that we're all here. Imagine every person here today brings in one person tomorrow. We hit that goal, we crack it tomorrow within 24 hours. Never say never, never say never about change, Never say never about uh, about goals. Never say never about adoption. Um, we limit ourselves so much when we talk in absolutes. Always, every, never. Um, it's so much better when we are, um, not just when we are humbly confident, when we can come in and, and um, explore both sides, have a point of view, uh, but always keep a little, even if it's just a jaw, just a little opening, uh, possibility um, that we might be wrong, or that there might be a better way. We might be right um, temporarily, or we might be right, but there's a better solution out there. And I think one of the best ways of of actually finding a container for that is community. You know, it's the ability to come in with different points of view. The amount of time, you know, just to just to pick on Praxum for a bit, the amount of time Praxum has made me smarter uh, by posting, you know, something like unbelievable, like sometimes even life changing, in 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 the chat. Um, we all a take on different roles in this environment, in this community. Some people uh, type, don't type, they don't talk, they uh, they just listen, and that's totally fine. Some people jump up onto stage and contribute a lot. Everyone has a role, but we make ourselves smarter. And uh, And the great, um, the great um, epiphany is when you no longer require or need to be the smartest person in the room. You have a role. I have a role. I'm the person on stage, but, you know, have I ever refused anyone to come on stage? Have I ever... Uh, push someone back or push someone down? No, I, I would, I would. It's a beautiful environment because someone could jump onto stage after ten minutes and want to take the stage and join me on stage. Um, and so, um, I have a role. I'm the host. Um, I, uh, I'm the person that has to get the ball rolling, but I don't necessarily have to stay on the ball for the entire duration evidence last week when the collective cafe continued but the wisdom of crowds is just super 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 powerful that actually says and for those of you that like don't know it i'll do a quick refresher i think the example i, I gotta like find the book and and dedicate i gotta i i've got to get that um i gotta get that going in the collective cafe too but i think one of the examples used in the wisdom of crowds is there was a guess the weight of the cow at a county fair. And I think it was like, I don't know, 55 people came in and guessed the weight. And not one person was correct. Like not even close to being correct. But when, um, when the average was taken of those weights, of those guest weights, it was correct to a like, you know, point O something. It was amazing. So, that is the wisdom of crowds. So some people were horribly over and some people were horribly under. But when you averaged out all of their guesses, they came into within, I don't know, a tenth of a pound um, in terms of accuracy. And that's the beauty of the wisdom of crowds. That's the beauty of community. Um, that's the beauty of also welcoming in alternative points of view. Um, and so, quite frankly, that's what we're doing with uh, with trying to do with the Alpha Beta Talks as well, which is have different points of view um, on what works, what doesn't work, et cetera, et cetera. And, uh, and I think it's 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 powerful because it challenges you to answer the question, what if we're wrong? What if there's a better way? Um, I was, you know, going back into, um, by the way, I'm just putting in the chat the the link to register for, uh, Wednesday's um, Alpha Beta Talk, uh, investing in a bear or a Bull market. Drew Austin, a founding venture capitalist at Red Beard VC uh, and notable figure in the blockchain scene, she, scene, shares his invaluable insights on navigating the web through investment landscape during diverse marketing conditions, market conditions. There's rich background in startup ventures and technology. Austin will walk through the complexities of investing during both bear and build markets. So, um that is wednesday and as i said it's a it's a, it's a a different point of view we keep on adding points of view we keep asking ourselves what if we're wrong what if i mean i hell i'm i'm doubting the 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 crap out of web3 at the moment another like awful week and this battle with gensler and and i just think like you know like when will it turn will it turn when will it turn what if i'm wrong You know, because, you know, what motivates me here is I've seen this before. I've always been right. I've never really been wrong. I'm always ahead of uh, this. You know, these are my voices. Uh, I'm always ahead of the market. And then the market catches up and moves ahead of me and takes the credit and makes the money. And I never do because I either give up or I move on to the next thing. I haven't demonstrated staying power. Well, I'm going to demonstrate staying power this time. I'm just going to stick to it, and I'm gonna just going to make sure that I don't uh, abandon ship just before um, things you know, take off as well. But what if I'm wrong? What if this doesn't work? What if this won't work? Um, what if I'm wasting my time? What if, what if three projects, right, EOS for me and Alpha Collective and, um, you know, and Joseph Jaffe is not famous, what if those are too many projects? One of the things that they talk about at EOS is burning the boats. What if I just burnt Alpha Collective as a boat, the boat and the show as a boat, and just focus on EOS? Where might I be? Nobody knows the answers. Um, but if you keep the questions bottled up inside you and you don't ask them either to yourself in front of the mirror or to somebody else or to a group or community, if you don't put yourself out there, if you don't show that element of a vulnerability to to at least you know if you if you're constantly holding your cards close to your chest, you'll never get a point of view or perspective that says stay the course, you're on track, or here's something you might consider, or the ability to enhance or adapt or um, you know uh, accelerate your efforts um, as well. And so you know, I I I wish Apple. Uh, the best of luck. They don't need it. The wishes or the luck. Um, do will I be buying that anytime soon? Uh, not at the moment. Um, but when when I have the uh, hell, I've bought some stupid JPEGs for more than that uh, that have turned out to be absolutely worthless. Um, when I have the ability to buy, I think I might. I think I might. And I think that I will be a lot more informed when I do. I think that when people are having a conversation, um, I can just go, just curious, um, just amongst the 10 of us, how many of us have one of them at the moment? Oh, interesting, none of you. I'm being a little dramatic now. Um, And of the none of you, how many of you have actually tried the product before? Oh, two. So let me understand everyone else you're informing and coming up with all these uh, points of view on a product that you don't own and have never tried before. Okay. That's pretty credible um, to the two people. Um, you have a little bit more credibility, but curious as to why you haven't actually uh, purchased it or, or under what conditions you may or may not. Um, Bez I'm going to end uh like a few minutes early today so I want to just uh, immediately go over to you. What are your thoughts, my friend? I, I wanted to say something about the um the Wednesday alpha talk, uh, beta talk, but if you want to finish and then No, go record. No, go for. Okay. It. I-, I I'm I'm good. Uh, okay. Um I really liked what Shira Lazar said in the last one and um that was her comment about going from dreamyard to um, to through the Discord, and um, because you know it's, it's it's a little disjointed when you go from one place to the other. Have you have you thought about uh, just hosting these alpha talks because you can do streaming video uh, at a high quality within Discord? Um, I kind of like I like where we are right now. Um, but, you know, it's it's one of those examples where my answer to you would be, uh, rather than change it after the second, um, I'm definitely going to move through these 13 and stick to the formula. Um, for okay. example, the one thing that I am getting at the moment is the registration data. So I'm able to now take emails um, and put that into a list and be able to share at least the feedback or the highlights, um, all of you would have received, all of you should have received at least one email, so you should be on one list um, that that uh, that uh, provides the highlights from Shira's speech, her talk, and also, which is an amazing summary, I think, and then uh, the ability to register. Um, so I like that at the moment. I think being able to go all in on Discord, what it, doesn't give me again remember the human element bez the human element is that there are lots of normies out there that have not downloaded discord and may not know how to use discord and so there is there is somewhat of a limit and this is just me talking off the cuff um i also can do so much more with Streamyard uh in terms of the effects and the impact and the and the production. Now, could I stream Streamyard into discord? Uh, sure. Uh, if I can't do it today, I'll be able to figure out how to do that. But this mm-hmm. is one of those things that actually say, um, remember, bring it all back down to a goal is moving. To, will moving to discord, help me, uh, enhance, uh, the number of registrations, a B, the number of people that actually show up. Um, and which is important, and ultimately, see uh, the ability to purchase a pass. So they're very defined goals, and I think I get more from um, being able to attend a webinar, so to speak, than come in and see how powerful Discord is. Um, we have that; we have the power of Discord every morning from eight to nine. Um, we also have now these the town hall like uh, response, if you know. And there are a lot of moving parts too. So never say never, remember? Never say never. Does it mean we don't change midstream? Nope. Does it mean maybe that we don't simulcast it into Discord? Uh, Yeah, maybe we'll do that. Maybe I'll talk to Jonathan or Rini later and we'll figure out um, if there's the ability to do that. So I think it's this constant, important, you know, we check ourselves before we wreck ourselves. We check ourselves by always... um, you know keeping the door open just just a jaw just for the possibility that there might be a better way or a different way no matter how dead set we are or set in our ways or even though no, no matter how much we are invested in the path that we have invested in we always have to take that that time and 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 the possibility that there might be a different way so thank you for mentioning that uh I'm going uh, to stop the recording now. This podcast is heard along the Marketing Podcast Network. For more great marketing podcasts, visit marketingpodcasts.net.